Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. In the matter of James Q. Decided February 19, 2019. Diffiori, Chief Judge. Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 protects the confidentiality of the clinical records of patients and clients as maintained by facilities licensed or operated by the Office of Mental Health or the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities. The issue raised in this appeal is whether that confidentiality provision requires automatic sealing of the entire court record of all proceedings involving insanity acquittees who have dangerous mental disorders within the meaning of Section 330.20 of the Criminal Procedure Law. We hold that it does not. 1. In July 2009, defendant, then 27 years old, violently assaulted his 16-year-old girlfriend after she attempted to end their sexually intimate relationship. Defendant placed the victim in a chokehold, threw her to the floor, repeatedly punched her in the face, kicked her in the stomach, and threatened to harm her with a steak knife. Eventually, the victim escaped and called the police. By superior court information, defendant was charged with rape in the third degree, criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, assault in the third degree, and related offenses. Defendant entered a plea of not responsible by reason of mental disease or defect as charged. After a mandatory psychiatric examination, Corporal 330.20-2 and an initial hearing, Corporal 330.20-6, the court found defendant to have a dangerous mental disorder as defined by Corporal 330.20-1-C and issued a six-month commitment order, committing defendant to the custody of the Commissioner of the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities, the Commissioner, for confinement in a secure facility for care and treatment. Subsequently, in March 2011, upon the application of the commissioner, the court issued a first retention order, Corporal 330.208, finding that defendant continued to suffer from a dangerous mental disorder. This was followed by a second retention order for continued confinement in March 2012, and subsequent retention orders, each with a duration of 18 months. In September 2013 and January 2015, Corporal 330.209, None of the foregoing court proceedings were sealed. In July 2015, the commissioner again petitioned the court to renew his retention of the custody of defendant. Accompanying the application, as mandated by Corporal 330.20-20, was an affidavit from a psychiatric examiner supportive of the relief requested in the application, opining that defendant had a dangerous mental disorder, as that term is defined by Corporal 330.20-1-C. The affidavit of psychiatric examiner incorporated the examiner's six-page report of examination attached to the affidavit, setting forth the defendant's clinical diagnosis, a detailed analysis of his or her mental condition which caused the psychiatric examiner to formulate an opinion, and the opinion of the psychiatric examiner with respect to the defendant, Corporal 330.20-20. Upon stipulation of the parties, defendant, the Suffolk County District Attorney, and the Commissioner, that defendant has a dangerous mental disorder, the court issued an 18-month subsequent retention order. 
The parties all agreed that the psychiatric examiner's annexed report of examination, wherein the actual clinical diagnoses and care and treatment of defendant was set out, should be sealed. However, defendant, seeking additional relief, made a motion to seal the entire court record, and specifically, the commissioner's petition for a subsequent retention order, the supporting affidavit of the psychiatric examiner, and the court's subsequent retention order itself. The three documents all track the statutory language, stating that defendant suffers from a dangerous mental disorder as that legal term is defined in Corporal 330.201 c, thereby presenting the necessary predicate for an issuance of a retention order. Supreme Court denied defendant's motion, finding that the documents clearly related to the legal proceedings rather than defendant's treatment. With two justices dissenting, the appellate division modified Defendant appealed as of right CPLR 5601 a, and we now affirm, insofar as appealed from 2. Enacted as part of the Insanity Defense Reform Act of 1980, Corporal 330.20 governs the procedure to be followed after a criminal court has entered a judgment that defendant is not responsible by reason of mental disease or defect, matter of Jamie R. V. Consilvio, C. People v. Stone. Recognizing that insanity acquittees constitute a special class who are treated differently from other candidates for commitment, Jones v. United States, see matter of Oswald N. The legislature sought to ensure the protection of the public from future dangerous acts of defendants found not responsible while safeguarding the rights of such defendants. People X Rel. Thorpe v. Von Holden, see matter of Norman D. The statute's detailed scheme, while mirroring the mental hygiene law when appropriate, created new procedures for the supervision of acquittees and was intended to increase the court's involvement in that supervision see matter of Norman D. The postadjudication statutory scheme set forth in Corporal 330.20 provides three alternative tracks, with different treatment progressions and procedural consequences, based upon the hearing court's postacquittal determination of a defendant's mental condition stone. Corporal 330.20 specifically distinguishes defendants found to have a dangerous mental disorder as that term is defined in Corporal 330.20-1-C, classified as Track 1 acquittees, from those who are mentally ill but not dangerous, Track 2 acquittees, and those who are neither dangerous nor mentally ill, Track 3 acquittees, Corporal 330.20-6-7. Proceedings for Track 1 acquittees, like defendant in this case, fall under the exclusive umbrella of Corporal 330.20 C. Consilvio. In contrast, upon the court's determination that a defendant is a Track 2 acquittee, who may be subject to involuntary civil commitment, the statute plainly states that the provisions of Articles 9 or 15 of the Mental Hygiene Law apply at that stage of the proceeding and all subsequent proceedings Corporal 330.20 Significantly, Articles 9 and 15 both contain express statutory directives that the papers in proceedings under those articles filed with the county clerk shall be sealed Mental Hygiene Law Sections 9.31 F, 15.31 F. Track 3 acquittees, neither dangerous nor mentally ill, must be released matter of Jill ZZ. Corporal 330.20 provides that a defendant committed to the custody of the commissioner pursuant to this section shall have the rights granted to patients under the mental hygiene law Corporal 330.20-17. 
One such right, as set forth in Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13, is a right to the confidentiality of a patient's clinical record. The statute defines a clinical record as one that shall be maintained by facilities for each patient and that shall contain information on all matters relating to the admission, legal status, care, and treatment of the patient. Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 up. Subject to a long list of enumerated exceptions, the release of certain patient information reported to the mental health offices shall not be a public record. Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 c. On this appeal, defendant primarily argues that because Corporal 330.20 references the application of rights under the Mental Hygiene Law, and because Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 protects the confidentiality of clinical records containing information on patients' legal status, any records of Corporal 330.20 court proceedings involving such documents must be sealed in their entirety. We reject that argument. 3. To begin, t he sittings of every court within this state shall be public, and every citizen may freely attend the same Judiciary Law Section 4. Underpinning this statute's mandate is our state's longstanding, sound public policy that all judicial proceedings, both civil and criminal, are presumptively open to the public see matter of Hearst Corp. v. Klein, see also Shiles v. News Syndicate Co. Of course, that policy, shared by the nation as a whole and which can have constitutional dimensions see matter of Capital Newspapers DIV, of Hearst Corp. v. Moynihan, extends not only to the criminal and civil proceedings, but also to the records of such proceedings CNYCLU v. New York City Transit Authority. Against that backdrop, the legislature employed no language in Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 requiring the sealing of any court proceedings but, rather, created a confidentiality provision as to the public disclosure of clinical records of patients or clients of a state agency by the agency itself absent court order. As the legislative history makes clear, the provision was intended to protect the confidentiality of records at all facilities where services to the mentally ill are provided, and to place in one section of law definitive provisions governing the necessary release of patient records see Mem in support, Bill Jacket, L. 1984, ch. 912 at 7. We have firmly held that the failure of the legislature to include a substantive, significant prescription in a statute is a strong indication that its exclusion was intended. People v. Finnegan, C. Pyak v. Pyak, McKinney's Cons Laws of NY, Book 1, Statute Section 74. Nor is there any indication in Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 that the legislature intended to implicitly provide for an automatic sealing of presumptively public court proceedings and records. In contrast, both sections 9.31 and 15.31, specifically made applicable by Corporal 330.20 to the proceedings to be followed upon a determination that a defendant is a track to acquittee, mandate that t he papers in any proceeding under this article which are filed with the county clerk shall be sealed. Mental Hygiene Law Sections 9.31 f, 15.31 f. These latter provisions demonstrate that where the legislature intends to impose a sealing requirement, it does so expressly. If the legislature had intended a blanket sealing provision to apply to insanity acquittees, it easily could have and surely would have written the statute to say so matter of Thoreau v. Riley. 
The plain text of Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 also cuts against defendants' interpretation that the term clinical record includes the entire record of court proceedings or dictates to a court how to manage its own records. As the clearest indicator of legislative intent as the statutory text, the starting point in any case of interpretation must always be the language itself. Majewski v. Bradalbin, Perth Cent. School Dist. As noted above, defendant broadly interprets Mental Hygiene Law Section 33, 13's definition of clinical record to encompass the court record of a Corporal 330.20 retention proceeding for a Track 1 equity because the Mental Hygiene Law requires that information as to defendant's legal status be included in the clinical record. But the term legal status cannot be read in isolation. Rather, the term must be understood in context and with reference to the words and phrases adjacent to it see matter of Kese Indus, v. Roslyn Tora Foundation. Clearly, the term is one part of a specified list of information, along with information on a defendant's care, admission, and treatment to be included within a facility's clinical records and does not define the parameters of court documents to be included in the clinical record or address the court's management of those documents. Stated otherwise, the clinical record created separately by the facility in accordance with Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13 cannot encapsulate the discrete record of a defendant's court retention proceedings, created independently by the court pursuant to Corporal 330.20, simply because information of defendant's legal status, essentially derived from the court record, is repeated in the clinical record. That interpretation also comports with the overall legislative scheme in Corporal 330.20 see matter of Long v. Adirondack Park Agency. In enacting Corporal 330.20, the legislature intended to strike a balance between the privacy rights of a defendant and the right of the public to know how dangerous mentally ill equites are being managed by the court see approval mem. Bill Jacket, L. 1980, ch. 548-2. As we have already demonstrated, recommitment of an insanity equity upon a finding of a dangerous mental disorder has a direct and substantial relationship with the state's legitimate concern for the potentiality of the deterioration of the equity's mental condition and relapse into dangerous behavior, matter of Francis S. This fits squarely with the traditional understanding that the openness of judicial proceedings, although not absolute, has always been regarded as essential for effective judicial administration. See Shepherd v. Maxwell, Globe Newspaper Co. v. Superior Court for Norfolk County. In this sense, even a defendant's hypothetical risk of prejudice or taint cannot justify categorical denial of public access. Matter of Associated Press v. Bell. In short, the legislature provided no automatic sealing requirement of an entire court record in either Corporal 330.20 or the Mental Hygiene Law for a Track 1 insanity equity and defendant cites no authority for such an obligation. Where the legislature has chosen to temper or abrogate the presumption of openness, it has done so in specific language, and these exceptions have been strictly construed by the courts matter of Harold Co. v. Weissenberg, citing People v. Jelke. In this regard, as previously noted, the sealing provisions for court records of proceedings conducted under Articles 9 and 15 are expressly stated Mental Hygiene Law Sections 9.31 f. 15.31 f. See also Family Court Act Section 166. By analogy, corporal provisions mandating the sealing of records generated by court proceedings conducted pursuant to the corporal are equally unequivocal. 
For example, upon a youthful offender adjudication, all official records and papers must be sealed Corporal 720.352, Capital Newspapers. Another, Corporal 160.50, bestows a general record sealing requirement for designated proceedings under the Corporal upon the termination of a criminal action or proceeding, in a defendant's favor Corporal 160.50. These designated proceedings include a verdict of complete acquittal, Corporal 160.503C, citing Corporal 330.10, an order setting aside a verdict, id 3E, citing Corporal 330.30, and an order vacating a judgment, id 3F, citing Corporal 440.10, but excludes a verdict or plea of not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Throughout our history, the institutional value of open judicial proceedings has fostered an appearance of fairness see Globe Newspaper Co., and ensured the public interest in having proceedings of courts of justice public, not secret, for the greater security thus given for the proper administration of justice Lee v. Brooklyn Union Publishing Company. Interpreting Mental Hygiene Law Section 33.13, despite the absence of any supporting statutory language, to provide a blanket sealing requirement of an entire court record that is automatically conferred disregards that tradition. In balancing the privacy rights of a defendant with the public's right to know how dangerous mentally ill acquittees are managed by the courts, the legislature eschewed an automatic sealing requirement of the court record. We refuse to disturb that balance today. Here, defendant demanded an automatic seal in stark contrast to a case-specific analysis that demands a court to find good cause sufficient to rebut the legislative presumption of public access for any sealing, in part or whole, upon due consideration of the competing and compelling interests of the public and the parties see Capital Newspapers. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division, insofar as appealed from, should be affirmed, without costs. Order, insofar as appealed from, affirmed, without costs. Opinion by Chief Judge DeFiori. Judges Rivera, Stein, Fahey, Garcia, Wilson and Feynman concur. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.